Hello, how's it going? How you doing? And welcome to my podcast, A Pint and a Packet of Crisps. Now, I know it's been a while since I have posted, but um, how my first podcast has aged with the title of Will Coronavirus Kill Us All? I think we can all make our own decisions on that one. I'm not going to talk too much about the old coronavirus because I think we're all sick listening to it in fairness. But one thing I did want to discuss today was how lockdown had a massive effect on everybody, you could say in fairness, but me particularly it had a positive effect. I know there were many negatives to lockdown for many, many people. But for me, it was a positive experience and a positive time because it brought me closer to myself. And again, I'll discuss that in more detail a bit later. But while lockdown isn't the central theme of this episode, what actually is the central theme is something that I've shied away from for quite a while and I've not spoken openly enough about it and normalised it was my, I would say, battle with depression and being diagnosed with depression. And... I know the word depression is immediately a scary word. Well, I think so anyway. And I think it's just that stigma that's around mental health. How as soon as you begin to discuss it, people just start getting worried again. But that's not what I want to do. I just want to talk openly now now about it. And I'm happy enough to share, in a way, my experiences and how I dealt with my mental health and my depression I think naturally for me to discuss this topic, there is going to be a lot of stuttering and mumbling and struggling to find my words because it's an overwhelming topic to discuss at the same time. While I do want to do it, I'm still going to struggle getting through this. So if you ever hear this noise, I've got notes here in front of me just to keep me on track and keep me going through this thing. But I'm hoping this might open a door or help other people realise that, firstly, you're not alone, you never are alone, and secondly, there's always, always a way out, and it's a positive one, and it's how you can continue your life, and honestly, experience life to more fulfilment than you ever could have imagined living it before, and that's really what's happened to me. You might call me crazy, because if you told me this a year ago, I would also think I was crazy, but it is possible, and it can be done. And just to give a bit of insight of the part of my life I was in when this first started occurring, I was 18 years old, I was just finished school, I would say about six months, and I was working full-time. And if you can imagine an 18-year-old working full-time, bringing in a full-time wage, and having this newly found sense of freedom just out of school, I mean, what is there to be upset about? But there was so much in my mind at that time to not be happy with, to be upset about, when... Truly, if I was to look outside from an outsider's point of view, there wasn't. I just hadn't realised that yet. But I was struggling in every aspect. I felt this degree of separation from any human, from any person, from all of my friends, from my family. I struggled with my emotions. I didn't feel like I was feeling anything. I felt numb 24-7 and I couldn't quite realise why. I didn't know if that's how I should feel, if that's how other people feel, or if it was just me. And I just didn't know what was going on. And this element of confusion and this lack of an answer was one thing that drove me mad because I'm the kind of person that needs to know things. I, I think if there's an answer there, I need to know it. If there is a possible way to do something, I need to know how to do it. And for once, I was sitting here not knowing not only an answer to something, but what I was feeling or what was wrong with me and not knowing what to do about it. So I just felt lost and it was it was an extremely difficult time. But I carried on. I worked up until September and I went into college. Now, 
the transition between either school into college and work into college for anybody is difficult regardless of their mental health but this drastic change for me is really what set things off I went into college with the attitude that I didn't need to make friends because I had plenty of friends at home so why would I bother making friends I was lonely I was extremely lonely up there I would sit on the bus with my earphones in every single morning and I'd go to college I'd go to my lectures sit by myself wait between the gaps of lectures by myself and I just it's not that people wouldn't talk to me like people weren't rude I was rude I closed myself off and I didn't want to make friends for some reason and then I would allow myself to get upset because I didn't have any friends so it was this vicious cycle of being upset with myself and then upset myself by doing something if that makes any sense to people I know it's difficult to comprehend at the minute but that is how I felt now mind you just before I went into college I did get into a relationship and the relationship didn't depress me I think that's completely unfair I didn't have depression because of the relationship I was depressed going into the relationship and I was struggling with my emotions full stop and being in that relationship in in a romantic relationship helped me realize that something wasn't right that I wasn't processing my emotions I wasn't connecting with any other humans on the particular level that I used to connect with people so it was thanks to this relationship really that helped me realize that that something was wrong so while I was in college there was a free counseling service provided with my college and I managed to get the balls to go there one day and I just walked in and I sat down and she was like well what's happening I was like uh, not much really and we just began to talk and I'm so grateful for that woman that I did speak to that day because it never once felt like she was quizzing me she never asked me what's wrong with me or why do you feel this way she honestly just spoke to me and without me even realizing I just spoke feelings that I didn't even know I had it just it just came out of me and she processed them excellently and she recommended I go see my doctor and I did go see my local doctor and then he then diagnosed me with depression and prescribed me antidepressants which again is another terrifying thing for I was 19 I was actually 18 at the time for an 18 year old to be handed a box of tablets and say here you go take these they'll make you happy I was scared but at the same time, with that mindset I was in, I didn't care. If they were going to make me better, they'd make me better. So within a very short space of time, I was diagnosed with depression. I was prescribed antidepressants. I dropped out of college and I also went through a break on that. This was not in the same day or same week. They were just very close together. But it was a forward step instead of a backward step. I had actually went and spoken about this and went and made a move to to get better I had this slight urge in me to honestly want to get better but just back on the topic of uh, antidepressants now what they were the antidepressants that I had were literally a tablet form of serotonin and serotonin is a happy chemical and it contributes to happiness and well-being and what had happened with me my body stopped producing serotonin so that was the reasoning behind the lack of happiness and the well-being that I was feeling that I had in my body um, I was first prescribed 50 milligrams um, antidepressants and they really didn't help. I took them consistently for a month and I just felt like 
I was just taking a tablet in the morning and nothing was happening. And it began to worry me in a way because he was he told me that these tablets would make me be able to help myself. They would bring me to a place and a point where I could find the strength to then continue and go on to help myself. But they didn't. So I went back to the doctor again and he upped the dosage and I went to 100 mg's. One thing I struggled with in terms of these tablets was taking them consistently. And that was probably my biggest downfall in this situation. I would take them for three days and I'd forget the next day. So I'd take two the day after. And then I'd forget three days and then I'd take one and try to take one the next day. And my body never regulated the serotonin coming into my body because it wasn't consistent. There was no pattern. So this caused me to spiral into a roller coaster of emotions. My temper was the worst I'd ever been. I was snapping at people that I would never snap at. I'm not an angry person, but I was just, I was a disaster at that stage. I honestly was. Um, I was back working full-time while this was all going on. And it was difficult to process all this going on. When I was going out at the weekends, I wasn't just having a few drinks with everybody. I was drinking to the point where I mean, I wouldn't know what was going on. I'd get home, wake up in the morning, I wouldn't remember anything. And it wasn't a healthy way of dealing with this. And I just wasn't doing it right. The regulation of antidepressants is the most crucial part of taking antidepressants. Because if you don't regulate it, you're going to have some serious backlashes and serious problems with it. So during this time, this next six-month period of me wavering on and off between taking the tablets and not taking the tablets I was probably worse than than I ever was this lack of connection with people I distanced myself more I felt like I was unhappy and my reaction or my emotions to certain situations would be based off other people's reactions or how I would usually react to keep people happy as awful as it is I I went to funerals and I went through moments of grief without feeling anything but just looking at other people saying okay they're upset so I should probably be upset or I should act upset too and I would love to go back in time and as weird as it sounds re-experience them experiences and just relive them so I could do them again and actually feel what I should have felt and not just react off other people but I can't do that I can't go back and change the past and that's the most important thing for me to realize is you can't dread what's already been done you can't change it so accept it as if it was a decision that you made yourself and keep moving forward and rolling with the punches but I at that time began speaking to my friends about what was going on with me I hadn't spoken about it before my parents knew and my siblings knew but it was time for me to now tell my friends because they also didn't know what was going on and it just seemed like I was pushing myself away from them. So I began to normalise it as I spoke to them about it. And the more people I told, the more normal it was. Oh yeah, Tommy just has depression. That's all it is. And while I didn't know myself what it really was, I didn't really know what depression was. I just had it. That's what I knew. I knew how I felt. But speaking to these people made it normal again and made it seem like there was nothing really drastically wrong with me which was so important for me and I started to regain enthusiasm and motivation 
which I didn't have before. Like, I couldn't get myself out of bed in the mornings, especially for college. I say I got the bus every morning earlier on, but I didn't, I didn't go to college an awful lot because I physically could not get out of bed. I just couldn't bring myself out of bed. And when I did, I would wake up three minutes before I would have to get the bus. I would get up, throw clothes on and go. I wouldn't even eat my breakfast. I'd just have to go. I put my earphones in and leave it in for the rest of the day. But this motivation and this encouragement that I had before was slowly in drips starting to return to me. And before I start talking about how my life truly changed and how I changed it, in all honesty, I just want to discuss relationships in general, not only my relationship, but many relationships, almost 70% of relationships I would describe as a love-hate relationship. It brings you just as much pleasure as it does pain. And this love that you feel for someone becomes addictive. You know, it controls you and it makes the whole world not matter because all you know is that this person wants you and it completes this lack of wholeness that you feel inside and it's what I felt also and many people do they don't feel whole and they need a relationship to make them feel whole like Plato the philosopher's symposium he described the world at the very beginning of time as humans had four arms four legs and two heads and one day they began and he attacked Zeus, the Greek god, and as a punishment, he split them in half. So everybody became the human form that we know now. And this half-human form that Zeus split spent her whole life looking for their literal other half to become whole again. And that's that feeling that we have inside us, that we need to find our other half. But the wholeness doesn't come from another person. It comes from within, and I'll discuss more. Again, I do sound like a crazy preacher at the minute, but it does come from within. And it's just about finding that wholeness in yourself. And I would have never found this true inner peace and this happiness without reading the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And that really is what this podcast was all about. And it's how this book completely changed my mindset and my my life, I would describe it. As crazy as it sounds to say a book changed your life, it honestly did. And this is where lockdown plays a massive part for me. When the world did go into lockdown, I had a lot of time on my hands. I was out at work, so I was at home 24-7. Um, I've always enjoyed reading, so I started reading, and I finished a book, and I couldn't make a decision on what book I wanted to read next. So as I walked around... Just thinking of what book I'm going to read next. I was telling my family, Jesus, I don't know what, I don't know what book I'm going to read next. And my sister said, here, I've got this book in my drawer. Why don't you just read it? And she gave it to me. And it was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Now, she had never read it. And on the first page of the book, it said, this book will not land with the person who bought it. It will find its way to the person who's ready to make conscious steps forward and begin living their life as you should. And that freaked me out straight away because I didn't buy the book. The book wasn't bought for me. It just so happened that I had finished the book and she goes, oh, here, just read this. And I took it as an omen, as a sign to say, well, I, I definitely, definitely have to read this book now. And this magical book that I seem to be describing is written about living in the, in the moment, in the presence of now and being present in every moment that you do. Not projecting yourself into an imaginary future or dwelling on things that have already happened. It's just to live in the present moment and become conscious. And instead of identifying with your mind, 
you disidentify completely because your mind is a tool that helps you carry out day-to-day functions. Just like your foot helps you walk, your mind helps you control your walking. So would you identify with your foot just because it helps you walk? No. So why would you identify with your mind? You are, your true being is inside. It's not your mind. So when your mind thinks sad thoughts or they think dark thoughts at time, that's not you. You're not a sad, dark person. That's just your mind creating these thoughts and images in your mind. You don't need to identify with them. And the mind itself is not dysfunctional. Dysfunction sets in when you seek yourself in it and mistake it for who you are. And a technique that Eckhart Tolle describes in his book is becoming the silent watcher of your thoughts. So you create this third person spectator as such in your mind. And instead of associating yourself with the thoughts, you watch them as they come and go in your mind. And you deprive them of that energy that you supplied them before. And they slowly start to disintegrate and disappear. Because there's no need, there's no function for having these negative thoughts or having this imaginary future that you're projecting yourself into because of an unsatisfactory present. All that is, is now. And when you can cut that separation, cut that supply of energy into these thoughts and unnecessary emotions, it creates this sense of peace. And while I was practicing this technique, and as I said, I had a lot of time on my hands because of um, lockdown, I was hit with an overwhelming, to me, an overwhelming amount of unaddressed emotions. It seemed like everything that I had refused to feel and accept for a year and a half, two years, that I felt came back to me all in one. And I had so much anger and sadness and grief. And luckily enough, I had read a bit further into the book And he describes how you can act as your own alchemist. Now, an alchemist in the olden days was a man or a woman who was so conscious and present in the current moment, they had the power to transmute copper and silver into gold. Which, as ridiculous as it seems, that's what they say they could do. So he says, act as your own alchemist. Turn these bad emotions, these copper and silver, into good, positive emotions, into the gold. And... As I started accepting what these emotions were, this anger, this sadness, this grief, they began to just flow through my body and disperse as such. And I didn't feel angry anymore. I didn't feel sad anymore. I just felt completely at peace with what had happened and what will happen and what is happening. Because that's all that matters is what's happening right now. It's just the acceptance of what is And it was a massive step for me. Now, again, hearing this back, I'm sure when I listen back to this, I'm going to think that I sound absolutely demented and crazy because if I was to listen to this a year and a half ago, I would be like, what is he talking about? Because you see these people who preach about living in the moment and being present and you're like, oh, would you be a bit more realistic? But you honestly you would think that until you experience it and me after experiencing that it has changed everything that I have taught and I have done I 
no longer take my antidepressants because one thing that stuck with me was when the doctor said to me, these tablets are going to get you to a stage where you can begin to help yourself again. Because I wasn't able before. So the tablets gave me this, pick me up, so then I could go from that point to getting better again. And for once, I felt like I actually had the strength and the ability to help myself. And I've not taken my tablets four weeks today. I would actually say it is four weeks today I haven't taken my tablets. And I've honestly never been better. And I just hope that, it could be anybody listening to this, you could be in a stage of complete darkness that I was in, complete numbness and disassociating with everything around you, not being happy with anything that's going on. And there is a way out. You can find that happiness again and you can begin living your life more than you've could have ever imagined. Now, I am aware that this podcast does sound slightly preachy towards the book, that everyone must read it if you want to be happy. But it wasn't the book that changed my life as such. It was the techniques in it, and I had the strength in myself to use them techniques effectively. And I helped myself, and I got myself back to a point where I would say I'm truly happy, and I'm happier than I've ever been in a very, very long time. So... I made this podcast firstly to completely normalise my experience with depression. Once it's all out there, then I'm no longer hiding anything. It's no longer a burden over me. And also, if anybody is listening to this and they are in that mindset that I was in, there is, there's always, always a way out. And I hope that this podcast might help in the slightest or might just give you a little bit of glimmer of hope because when people used to tell me, oh, don't worry, look, all these people have gotten out of it and there's always a way out. I'd say, well, you don't know how I feel. And if you're thinking that while listening to this, I do know how it feels. You know, I've been through it and I've experienced it. So this is coming from someone who's who's been through it and got through it in the end. There is a way out, I promise. There always is. And talking and normalising it is definitely a step forward, not a step backwards. And thank you so much for listening to my story in a way and I hope that you can all tune in for the next episode so I'll see you then